With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. It is Scouts Eye on Football. I am Chris Landry as we are continuing our special draft previews. We've been doing it all week. We will continue it next week. Today up, we've got the NFC North. We're going to break down the rosters of those four teams. Talk about what has happened in the free agency period. We're going to talk about uh, some targets, some uh, key team needs, and and what have you. Take you through that on Monday. We're going to do the NFC South, and on Tuesday, the NFC West. And that will wrap it up. If you are missed any of our shows previewing it, you can go back in podcast form. Go on LandryFootball.com, and you can check out the. Uh, NFC East, the AFC West, the AFC South, the AFC North, the AFC East. We've got it all for you there. Also, we have um, the details up on LandryFootball.com. We have got um, the more in-depth breakdowns for our members. Um, taking a look at the NFL draft by team. So we've taken an on-the-clock series, um, taking a look at all the teams. Uh, going in detail, giving you everything from an overview, their draft capital, their pre-draft depth chart, their um, their team needs, their off-season moves that they've made, their free agent signings, their free agents and what's happened to them, potential targets for each picks. We've got it all for you in detail. So you want to make sure that you check it out if you're not yet a member of LandryFootball.com. What are you waiting on? It's a great time. It's always a great time, but probably no better time than right now as uh, we are in the throes in less than a week away from the NFL draft. Um, We've got uh, the draft boards, the horizontal boards, the position boards, um, scouting reports on each and every one of these players, detailed scouting reports. So you want to check all of that out over at LandryFootball.com. In addition to what we're doing this week, a reminder that next week on Thursday, uh, half an hour before the draft starts. So that'll be about what time will that will be? That'll be um, that'll be six thirty Central Time, seven thirty uh, Eastern Time next week on Thursday night. We'll get ready a half an hour before the draft starts, and we'll have a draft show. We'll take you through the draft all next week, right here, right as you're watching us now. If you're listening to this in podcast form, this podcast. Um, if you don't join us live, you're going to miss the draft. You're going to miss the draft as we're going to, um, you know, present it to you, all the behind-the-scenes looks. So make sure you go to twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball or go to land go to landryfootball.com and click on follow Chris on Twitch, and you sign up. Sign up, subscribe, uh, and you'll get notices when we go live. You're going to absolutely love it. So, uh, And it's obviously free to get it, so you want to take advantage of it. Make sure that you do it, though, before next Thursday so you can watch us live as we kind of break down the entire draft for you. Now, 
we had a trade today, um, and uh, we're going to get to the details of that. Um, if you haven't heard, Kansas City and Baltimore consummated a trade today. I'm going to tell you why it happened and break it down for you in its finite detail. But let me give you the details of it. Kansas City traded their first-round pick, which is 31st, the 31st pick in this draft. They gave up their third-round pick in this draft, and they gave up a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick, excuse me, fourth and a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. You think, well, that's an awful lot. Listen, and I'll explain the details of it a little bit more. Baltimore sends Kansas City Orlando Brown. Baltimore also sends Kansas City their second-round pick, which is 58th overall, and a sixth-round pick in 2022. So, you know, it's a lot of numbers, and you're thinking, oh, boy, it's this and that. Here's what the trade is. Kansas City got Orlando Brown for the 31st overall pick in this draft and a fourth-round pick in 2022. That's what the trade comes down to. That's what they give up because and, – and that and they'll give up between, I'd say, 12 to 18 spots between the fifth and sixth round next year. They move up. Yes, they give up their third-round pick, but they get a second-round pick. They move up from 94, Kansas City, from 94. They give up their 94th pick in this draft, move up to 58. So that's 40-plus spots that they gain. So it's a first this year. And, again, remember my rule. There's no such thing as a first-round pick, right? It's a overall number. Their first, which is 31st, and a fourth in 2022. And we don't know where that's going to be. There's an assumption there that it'll be relatively late because of Kansas City's success. So first this year, a fourth next year, in about 12 to 18 spots in the between the fifth and sixth round. Because, again, all they're giving up is that fourth round. Their other picks are sliding. So they're... They're, they're giving up. So a lot of people will look at it and say, wow, like Chiefs gave up a whole lot. They gave up a first-round pick, 31st overall this year, and a fourth next year. Okay, and then they'll give up about 12 to 18 slots between the fifth and sixth round last year. That's what they're giving up because, remember, they are gaining spots. So if you want to call the losing about 18 spots – between the fifth and sixth round, they're gaining about 40 spots from 94 to 58 in this draft. So it is a, um, why is it done? Why do you make the move now? Why is Kansas City doing it? Well, we know that Kansas City's offensive line issues um, are a problem, needed to be addressed. They're looking at, and we've talked about this, they're looking at the offensive tackle population in this draft and saying, we're not comfortable that who we can get at 31 can come in and be a plug-and-play starter for us as a contending team. So they look at it, and Orlando Brown is still a good player. He graded out. We're talking a lot about the draft, but we hope that you that are members, and if you're not a member, this is maybe what you've missed. You also can go back and look 
we take not only the free agency crop, but we grade every player in the league by position and tell you how players graded, and that's all on the free agent section. And we're not talking about it as much because we've we've talked about it a bunch in the past, but you go back and look and see how every player graded. That gives you feel. Orlando Brown still graded out in, in low-grade red, which for those of you that remember, you know what the blue grades and the red grades and the purple grades mean. And that's uh, that's still pretty good. He is a an aging player, but he's a plug-and-play starter. The Chiefs now will have him at left tackle, Joe Thune at left guard, Austin Blythe at center, Kyle Long, if it can stay healthy, at right guard, and then Mike Rimmers at right tackle. And uh, Laurent um, uh, Tardif is coming back. So it gives him a swing interior guy. Um you know, Remmers is a little bit of a liability and a, a loss there. Uh, we'll see what maybe they can do to mitigate that to some degree. It's a good, it's a good, it's a completely new offensive line, but it's certainly one that they've upgraded from where they have been this offseason to now. So they look at it as, and again, he's still a good player. It is not a trading for Orlando Brown as a long term move, doesn't make sense for most teams. It doesn't. Um, by the time that you mature and develop and grow, he's he will decline even further. He's a plug-and-play. We don't have time to take – we can maybe take one young guy, but we're not comfortable with putting a young guy in that left tackle spot. Uh, we need to move forward. Now, I still think there's a chance that they might do a little bit more and even add a young guy, but not at and on the offensive line I speak of but not someone that they're going to rely on as much to be a plug-and-play as Orlando Brown. Uh, for Baltimore, it's a guy they were willing to move on from. They've got some work to do there. We went over the Ravens situation. They've got a lot of needs. They've got to rebuild their defense. So, um, look, they gave up 58, you know, but they've got – if you look at their – what they have in terms of – you know, they had 27. Now they got uh, – you know, they've got 27, they've got 31. So for them, yeah, they, they give up a player they were kind of looking to get younger at. Um, so they they basically give up 58, but they add 31, and then they get a third, and then they got 105, 132, 172, 185, 211. And, and we know that they need still – you know, they, they absolutely need a, t- a young tackle, but they're more inclined to need to build towards the future with a young tackle. Um, they need help, though, a lot more help than Kansas City needs. They need a guard. They need a linebacker. They need some edge rushers. they got to rebuild that defense. So it makes some sense they get more picks um, in which to deal with and get some picks next year. So you know, everybody says, well, who won the trade, Chris? What do you-? you know, trades usually work. You, first of all, like draft picks, you won't know until years from now who ended up with, on a given trade, the better end of the deal. Uh, the best trades are the ones that work for both because it's usually both people are looking for different things. You know, most of the time people come with these trade ideas with, you know, <laughs> with their garbage and they want to get somebody's treasure. It doesn't work that way, trust me. So – 
it's to me, it makes sense for both. Uh, it was somebody Baltimore wanted to move on from, somebody that Kansas City can plug and play. It's not a trade that they're going to make with a lot of people. Orlando is not as much of a fit for other people as it would be for Kansas City. So I say good move for both. Um, and uh, interesting to see what Baltimore is able to do with now um, 27 and 31 you can really help yourself out. It gives you some maneuverability there. I'm going to take your questions today. Hello, Fantasy Football. I hope you're doing well. Talking about the offense. Kev Villargo, always great. What a great friend of the program he is as well. Thank you for cheering us on 200 Bits today. We appreciate anybody that is willing and capable of doing that. Cheer us on a few bits. Just like Kev Villargo did. Just put cheer 200 right there in the the um, the chat room. So we're going to go NFC North and go right into it, and we'll take your questions, comments in the chat room. We'll just address it along the way. Um, I want to see if there was anything that I needed to get to um, off, the, uh, off the bat with uh, any, any more news that I needed to cover um, that I wanted to cover with you outside of the trade. Um, some uh, thoughts that I had. Um, oh, I do think that the Ravens will sign um, Alejandro Villanueva sometimes, likely after the draft, but maybe before. Um, trying to think there's been a lot of talk about well why didn't the chargers make the move again chargers listen i think they believe in what they're doing and i think they believe they can be better and more competitive they do like trey pippins though um i did uh, do some um to check it carolina is definitely interested in moving out of that pick um so I'm curious to see what happens, and I don't know. Um, Straff's going to really be fun, uh, you know, around those picks. I mean, there's a lot of things that people are interested in the top, but since that those picks come first, it's going to be interesting to see. That's uh, that's going to be real interesting. Um, what else um, that needs to be addressed? Oh, um, in Cleveland, as expected, not not you know. Surprising news, certainly uh, by by any stretch, but it's news. Uh, it's done. It's um, the Browns have exercised fifth-year options on Denzel Ward. Um, 24, seven interceptions. He's played pretty well for him. Uh, he's graded out as well as anybody in Cleveland secondary. And then um, they drafted him in 2018, if you will remember. Um, and Baker Mayfield. The exercise the fifth year option on him. So those are some of the news of the day. All right, we'll address any thoughts that you might have, any questions you might have um, over in the chat room. So join us. I'm going to get into some uh, NFC North action. Um, and I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears. And it is certainly been one of the storylines this offseason about their chase for quarterback. 
Um, strong run at Russell Wilson. Still would like to figure out any way that they could possibly do that. They also made a run at Trent Williams with the offensive line and Kenny Galladay um, and did not uh, handle, uh, did not land any one of those guys. They did get Andy Dalton as an insurance with the idea that he's not the answer. You know, they're not going to say that, but he's a good backup quarterback, and that's really important. It's just that you're not as comfortable with him as your number one. Signed Jermaine Effetti. Somebody's not developed quite yet. And then they cut Kyle Fuller in part to get the Andy Dalton deal done. So it's not been the best of offseason and not quite hit what they wanted to do. Um, you know, there's there's not really any threat of a downfield passing game with Dalton. Um and it's been a it's been a long, long stretch now. Um, by the way, I don't know if you've heard, but for Bears fans, if you're a Bear fan, Steve McMichael, who's remembering him not so long ago, coming out of college, evaluating him, and that was was a long time ago now. Really underrated player for the Bears has uh, unfortunately at I think I think. Steve's 63-ish, and he's got um, ALS diagnosed three months ago, and he's rapidly declining. So keep him in your prayers. Uh, things uh, haven't been good. And you go back to the mid-'80s and that really good team, and he was such a big part of it. We lost Walter Payton. Um, gosh, we lost we, – we, think about it. We lost a few of them. Now, anyway, but if you look at what they've had there, they've just not had any quarterback success for some time. We could say that for the longest time about Detroit before Matthew Stafford. Certainly that was the case with Kansas City until Patrick Mahomes got there. And, yes, there was the stretch of of uh, Joe Montana. And, and you you can't dismiss that at all. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, but the Bears have got a long stretch. You're not here to fix – history and you can't go through that over and over again but they've got some holes and it's not all about the quarterback position but they're going to be held back by the quarterback position until they're able to fix that um they got wide receiver on the offensive line on the defensive side of the ball we got to remind folks that they did get into the playoffs um yeah they beat some bad teams down the stretch but you know for the most part that team was well prepared and we'll see what they're able to do. We'll see what they're able to do. They've got 20th. They've got 52, 84, 165, 205, 209, 222, and 229. Currently have all their picks in 2022. Let's go through needs regardless of order of, of needs, but their needs. Talked a little bit about quarterback, offensive tackle, Um you signed Elijah Wilkerson, but they've, they've had a pair of tackles that are in their 30s. They're just not very good there, and protecting the quarterback after finding one is going to be pivotal. Can you imagine Andy Dalton with limitations getting the ball down the field with an offensive line that can't protect? It's just not a good, not a good look. Uh, linebacker on defense. 
Danny Trevathan is clearly past his prime. His prime is a liability now. He's a really good player. You know, oftentimes people will hear a name and hear a guy have success and somebody make a run. And Danny Trevathan was one of the more underrated linebackers for a few years and graded out very, very well. He's declined and is a liability now. Um, they've got to upgrade that. They did sign Christian Jones. Uh, receiver, they franchised Allen Robinson. You know, I think of the two, I'd rather have Robertson than Galladay. Um, I didn't think they were going to do both. I think Galladay was done mainly to kind of try to get something done with Robinson, and, and really they end up franchising him. Um, but, to, you know, really, clearly their best receiver. They need two corners because they lost Kyle Fuller. They signed Desmond Trufant. But they've had a weakness at slot corner ever since Bryce Callahan has moved on. Um, you know, safety's an issue that needs to be upgraded. They need running back depth behind David Montgomery. They signed Damian Williams to kind of limit it, the panic need at that. They need edge rushing depth. Um, you know, um, Mack and Quinn – they don't have anybody that can spell those guys. Uh, Jerry Attachu is a good player, but they need more there. They absolutely need more in all those areas. If you look at what they've been able to do, Damian Williams that I mentioned from the Chiefs, um, he's a number two guy. He's a solid number two guy. I think adding a young guy maybe later in the draft is something they'd like to do. Um Again, if they can find their young quarterback and give them patience, Andy Dalton could be a short-term starter and would be outstanding as a number two. But we're not talking about someone that's that you're comfortable with as a starter. Uh, Allen Robinson, as I mentioned, is coming off as a really good season. And you just you don't have the consistent quarterback play or the play around him so you don't see him have the type of success that he should have. Um, Cairo Santos is very accurate. Doesn't have great leg strength. Three for eight from plus 50 the past four years. Uh, and the cold weather, windy weather, um, it's an issue. It is an issue. You've got to be um, you know, comfortably – within 42 or 43 um, at least. Jermaine Effetti has been a bust since he's been to the league, certainly for the Seahawks. Um, a guy you hope you can get something out of, but not great expectations. You hope you could end up getting um, someone who can realize his full potential, but I think he was a little bit overvalued. Um, so let's look at the options for this team. Let's talk quarterback, and what are the options there? Uh, at 20, not in a great spot. Not in a great spot probably. Um, do they make a move if one of these quarterbacks slip? They're not in the best position to move up and get them. You've got New England at 15. Eh, I don't know that Minnesota's a player at 14. Philly at 12. Even Denver at 9. You got a lot of teams that might be willing to move up, and you're, I don't see 
any of these guys dropping down to 20. I, I could maybe create a scenario. Mac Jones doesn't go third, that he could slip. Is that who they want? Is that who they have a high enough grade on? Would they take him at 20? I, I think you'd certainly have to consider that. I don't know that he's going to be there. I would um, think that Kyle Trask may be gone by 52 because of the overvalue of the quarterback, and I don't know that he's the answer um, for the Bears even at 52. Um, I would think maybe somebody like a Jamie Newman or if they like Kellen Mond more than I do, I think those are two guys that could be possibilities on the third round at, at 83. We'll see. Um, do they have time? Does Matt Nagy and uh, have the time to work this roster, remake this roster, and develop a quarterback? I mean, I, I, I think that the mistake – of Mitchell Trubisky is the example of what can happen when you make a mistake. You you understand why people go out and try to attack that position because if you don't have a quarterback, you're in trouble, and it may cost you your job. Mitchell Trubisky didn't work. Okay, it didn't work. It uh, seemed like a disaster, but now you got to go back and get up and try to find him. Got to figure out the quarterback position, and not being able to find a veteran is is, is hurt them retarded their growth, but they've got to look at it and can't be thinking that they're just a quarterback away. Though a quarterback with some promise would at least sell some hope going forward. Offensive tackle that I've talked about. They declined the option on Bobby Massey and Charles Leno. They're both older guys. Need, quite frankly, two tackles long range. Um... Elijah Wilkerson is was injury prone a whole bunch. So at twenty, there's going to be a good tackle. You know the names we've talked about them. The same guys, you know, Darashaw and Vera Tucker. Um, those are some of the options that could potentially be there for them. Um, and I think certainly would make some sense. Um, make a lot of sense actually, and represent good value. Later on, guys like at Leatherwood and Radness and Jackson Corman, Spencer Brown, Brady Christensen, Walker Little, even later at 83, might be considerations. Um, another spot that we've talked about, corner. That's a neat spot. Uh, there's, I think, real good chance that you're going to have corner value there on the board. Maybe Farley slips. Um, you know, most people like Greg Newsom there. That's a little high for my blood, but they'll be a good player there. They'll be a good corner. There are three of them. Are all three going to be gone by 20, possibly? Is there a fourth guy you got on your board? I, I think that's all in play. Asante Samuel, Melifano, Kelvin Joseph, Adebo, Rodarius Williams, uh, Israel, um, Bukamo. I mean, guys like that into the – all the way into the third round, got some value. And then receiver, we've talked about. The three-receiver set is under contract. And I do like Anthony Miller. Um, I think Mooney, Darnell Mooney, could be a slot option. Um, so we may see. Uh, we may see where it goes. I do like Miller's potential. But adding another guy here, 
you know, would make some sense. Where's the value? By the way, there's a little bit of concern, and I'm curious to see how it plays out in teams' medical grades. Because I've gotten the information, but again, everybody has a little more, some a little more concerned than others about it. But the injury factor to Terrence Marshall of LSU could affect how somebody, it, it, it may scare some people away um, in the late first round. You, you mitigate your risk into the maybe mid to late second. Does that bother you? That, that affects you? I don't know. It could certainly benefit Rashad Bateman, uh, Kadarius Toney, um, you know, and Elijah Moore. I think it's a little bit high there at 20, you know, for those guys. I don't know that I see great value at receiver at 20, but I do see one at corner. I do see one at offensive tackle. We need to keep an eye out at quarterback. So what other options are there? Well, as I said, they absolutely could use some, hey, build the defense. That's the thing. Oh, God, we need a quarterback. We need to – you can't force a pick and you can't make a player better because he's on some damn list and he's just not that good of a player. Go get yourself a big-time player. So, you start looking at it. If there's a receiver you can go up and get, you know, or falls to you, fine. There'll be a lineman. Uh, there may be a linebacker that could be a really good edge guy. I mean, Phillips is would be great value. Owa, Penn State, Rousseau, um, Zaven Collins would be a really good fit. Start build a defense. Start to kind of build a really good defense, and then before you know it, maybe you got something. So those are kind of the areas where I look at and say some of the potential targets – with the Bears. The Lions, the receiving core is probably one of the hidden strengths of this team. Um, it's been, it's graded out like in the top 10, top 12 past several years. And it's been guys like Galladay and Marvin Jones and Amendola. Uh, but it's a little bit of a change. This is going to be um, Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, it'd be Perriman's fifth team in five years. Um, not real good. Uh, Geronimo Allison was one of the weaker looking slot safeties. So w- w- let's look at where they go. Matthew Stafford's gone, obviously. Jared Goff is coming in. So gone is the guy that could quote unquote pick you up, carry you to some degree, maybe not be able to carry you that far, but now you've got a quarterback in golf that could do less at the quarterback position, so you need to be better around him. you got some big issues in a lot of patience, and they better hit and start building this team a lot better than they have. they got the pick at 7, at 41, at 72, at 102, 113, and 154. Receivers, I mentioned, for a stretch was really, really good. It is a prime need spot now, one of many, but it is a prime need. I still worry about long-range at quarterback. Uh, It's one of those teams that I wonder, what's the situation with Jared Goff long-term? Exactly what is the situation with him? Um, You know, possibly moving on from him. Um, 
I, I just I think there's a lot of unknown there. I really do. If you look at the restructuring into his deal, the debt cap hits if he were cut now, which he's not going to be, with $40.5 million. Debt cap in 2022 is 30.5. 2023, 10 million. Let that sink in. He's going to be there for the next two years. 2023, they can move on from him. So if the right quarterback is there at seven or they're in a position to get him, I mean, do you pass on Trey Lance or Justin Fields if you have a good grade on him? I don't think you do. I think you draft him I think you play him I think you got golf that you can play with I think you got golf that he can be an expensive backup no doubt but you got a rookie quarterback and let him play out and certainly by 2023 you're moving on from him if you want to move on before that you're taking a bigger cap hit but I I do worry that they don't have their long-term answer at quarterback defensively Trey Flowers is their only consistent edge rusher. Signed Charles Harris. They need another player that can get after the quarterback. They were poor against the run, and the upfront play was a big part of that. They traded for Michael Brockers. He helps. Not enough. You mentioned We mentioned the receivers. I think they need two. I think Williams and Perriman is a downgrade from when they were good and when they were a top-10 receiving core. They're no longer that. I'm not ready to give up on Jeff Okuda at all. He struggled as a rookie, but, you know, they need a good corner opposite him, and he's going to have to develop. And they, they've got to get a replacement for Justin Coleman. Quentin Dunbar is the short-term answer. They need some help at linebacker. I mean, it, there's not a spot on defense that can't be upgraded. There's not a spot at all because there's an open uh, corner spot. There's – Opposite Trey Flowers, uh, you know, side of Michael Brockers. I mean, th- there's a lot of need for upgrade. Anzalone will help them, particularly in coverage. You'll get into more of what those free agent signings mean. I think they need upgrade on the interior of their offensive line. I think safety help. Um, they signed Randy Bullock at kicker. I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out. We shall see. Quentin Dunbar. Signed from the Seahawks. He was the Redskins' top corner in 2019. He didn't do that well last year. He's got the lingeringly injury, uh, lingering knee injury. Um, if he can stay healthy and Akuda can take a step up, then that's an improvement within their current roster. Jamal Williams was signed um, from the Packers. Two years, $7.5 million. And he did a good job at both a runner and a receiver out of the backfield, and he's a good number two. And he really is. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's an outstanding number two running back. And I think he and DeAndre Swift, carry on Johnson, is not a bad look there. Alec Anzalone that we talked about is a very versatile guy that can cover well. He's just had trouble staying healthy. Rashard Perriman, we talked about it's a one-year deal, so it's not a bad contract. I just, it was a disappointment with the Jets. He's got some upside, a former first-round pick. Hope they catch lightning in a bottle. I thought Bullock did a good job as Cincinnati's kicker 
80% of his attempts the past four years. So I think that has a chance to work out. Mentioned Galladay signed with the Giants. Thought he was one of the better receivers in the league. Um, Jamal Agnew, good kick returners, one of the top kick returners in the league. Off to Jacksonville. Marvin Jones also off with Jacksonville. Um, I thought he had a nice season. You know, Prater didn't have a really good season. He's going on to Arizona. Certainly been a good kicker. Deron Harmon, um, safety sign over with the um, with the Falcons. Roman Aquara um, is, is a guy that could get some sacks. They've now lost that. And uh, Desmond Trufant's uh, gone in the division with the Bears. Uh, but he just did not play well last year, and I, I don't know that they're going to miss that. So um, we've got some work to do, this Detroit team. We went over the quarterback situation. I think you know kind of where they are, much like the Bears, or maybe a little bit different. Maybe the Bears are a little bit more desperate. The Lions are starting with a new regime, so they've got a little bit more time, it would seem. Um, but the quarterback situation is something at seven they might be more into. Or if they don't like them, they can go with somebody later. Or they will punt that and deal with it later uh, and go with see what Jared Goff can do with them in the short term. Um, outside receiver, you know, Kyle Pitts is not going to drop to seven. Certainly he's a big-time threat. Um, they'd love a Jamar Chase. Um, it's a big-time need for him. I, I think seven just makes a whole lot of sense if it's not quarterback that it's receiver. It's just value there is so good um, that Chase and Pitts are gone, then Smith or Waddle makes a whole lot of sense to me. Again, Tyrell Williams a one-year deal. Brashad Perham's a one-year deal. It may be the worst depth chart at receiver in the league. Certainly one of the best. Certainly a candidate. Um, They could double dip at receiver. I expect them to go pretty high if the board allows it. I mean, you can come back with Dalmy Brown or Tywin Wallace or Seth Williams. They've got some real needs there. No question about it. On the defensive side, we talked about their moves at corner and Quentin Dunbar. And obviously Jeff Okuda last year, but they were dead last uh, in pass coverage playing man. They were really bad. And Aaron Glenn wants to play a lot of that. How much he can, not sure. Aaron Glenn's a really good coach coming over from New Orleans with Dan Campbell. Um, you know, without Trufant, without Justin Coleman, who's their slot guy, um, they've got some, some work to do. Now, would Detroit surprise folks and go with one of the corners at seven? It is not out of the question. I think, again, um, Chase Pitts, Lawrence, you know, personally, while no, I, I'm not suggesting that they will do it, or they'd even give it strong consideration. Personally, um, even in their spot with Taylor Decker and, and uh, Tyrell Crosby, they're comfortable enough with their offensive line. But 
I think of the top four players on the board. Sewell will be gone probably, um, but I'd consider that because he was so high up the board. But he'll be gone. Lawrence will be gone, and I think Pitts and Chase are going to be on, gone. So I, it's fair game, again, because I may have a Smith and Waddle at 7-8, and I may have a Sertan at, at, at 9 and, and a Farley at 10. And I, there is nothing – the, the 6-5 grades are fair game. Do they see the corners a little bit better, and or or they see them as I do and decide we're going to go in that direction because we feel better about our depth at receiver later? Very possible, very possible. Um, it's a big need. Sertan Horn fairly would not be reaches. I think seven would be a reach for a guy like Newsom. I think Stokes and Campbell would be um, candidates at forty-one if that's what they were going to do. It would be great if a guy like Calvin Joseph would have slipped there. I think at 72, Melifano will probably be gone. St. Just, uh, who can play in the slot, would help them. That's another spot of a need that they have is a slot guy. So they, they have got to rush the passer better. That's another thing that I would throw in. You know, if if I tell you that Zaven Collins or Jalen Phillips went seven, You'd probably flip out. You shouldn't. That is not a reach. That is within grade range. It is It would not be, you know, anything wrong with those picks if that's the direction that they went. Um, it's not the direction I would go because I do think in my stacking that I, 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 I see a few guys a little bit better. However, it is – that's why we got the board. That's why we explain the board the way we do, and we give you the true feel for what it is. So, obviously, there's a whole lot of work to do on this team. And if you look at <clears throat> look at how this, this depth chart looks right now, and you can go on LandryFootball.com and see it and really let it jump out at you, uh, you look and see um, receiving core really looks bad and weak. Offensive line serviceable, running back serviceable, quarterback serviceable, you hope. One good edge rusher, one good defensive tackle. Um, hope you can get something out of Aquara. Um, you know, and hope Bakuda gets better. Hope Dunbar can come back and play. I mean, you've got a lot of hope there. A lot of hope. Hope's not a strategy. You've got a lot of work to do for this team. So, Detroit. Um, Worst-looking roster in this division. The most work. Freshest start, I guess. They've got the got the free reign to go ahead and, and do what needs to be done. Green Bay. Interesting team. Good team. Contending team. We tend to forget home field advantage in the playoffs. We tend to think that the Buccaneers had it all along. Uh, they won the Super Bowl, but they didn't have it all along. Green Bay was 13-3. and three. Um, They did it drafting a quarterback last year. That sat. Curious to see where that develops, Jordan Love, and what that affects long range with Aaron Rodgers. But Devontae Adams generated um, so much production for them. 
He's truly one of the best receivers in the league, and there's not a whole lot opposite him. They did not address um, the receiver position adequately last year. They haven't had – Aaron Rodgers hadn't had two receivers in the top 50 in any of the past four years. Despite having a great one, they've got some real issues there. And certainly Lazard and Marquise Valdez-Scantling – you would think maybe they could develop a little bit more, but we're talking about fringe guys. We're talking about fourth guys. They don't have a number two. We talk a lot about, well, this team doesn't have a number one. They have number twos. Two. This guy doesn't have a number two. These, these, this team doesn't have a number two receiver. So they really don't have anybody that could take advantage of role coverage to, um, to Adams' direction. They had a really good two. I mean, could you imagine if they had a – Claypool or T. Higgins or Michael Pittman from last year, something they really need. Defensive tackle, they need to strengthen their defensive line. They're very poor against the run. You know, we can talk about weapons on offense, talk about the quarterback. They've got to be able to stop people. When When they went to the Super Bowl and won it, their defense could get stops. They can't get stops. they got to outscore people. They've got to stop the run. They've got to get to the quarterback. Linebacker, the middle of their defense, got to get better. This is a weak team against the run. Weak from a playoff caliber perspective, too weak to advance and to hold serve in a home field advantage situation, which they were last year. You can't just bring a great quarterback with a great offense and say, go win it for us. We can't do anything. The Chiefs, two years ago, got it done. They got it done with the quarterback. They got it done with an offense. But they also got it done with very good situational defense. They weren't as good last year. They couldn't get as many stops last year. And it was a factor, one of the factors, the biggest factor in the Super Bowl was the Chiefs' offensive line. But the defense couldn't carry the day in a given game and sometimes you need that right tackles a need on offense Preston Smith has been a disappointment as a pass rusher got to get improvement there guys they've they've worked to draft guys in their secondary uh Jair Alexander is is uh one of the top corners in the league but they need help there um Kevin King's resign um Corey Lindsay is is uh one of it's been one of the better centers. Um, he re-signed Aaron Jones, which which makes a lot of sense. But Lindsey is um, a big loss going to the Chargers, and his absence is going to be felt. No question about that. Um, he is thirty, but they've got to get a young guy. They've got to fit. And again, let's remind you that the pack are picking 29th, 62nd, 93rd, 136, 143, 174, 179, 215, 221, and 258. Aaron Jones uh, makes sense to sign him. Four years, 48 millions, maybe a little bit rich. He's not an elite back, but he's a really good back. He's averaged 5.5 yards a carry. A lot of how they structure their offense contributes to that. Guy's a really good back. He is good in all areas. He's not elite. He's... I think grades out, grades out in the blue areas in the pass game. Uh, he's only 26. 
Uh, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. He's really valuable for what they do. It's one of those cases where he was more valuable to them than he's in the open market. Uh, the tight end, Tonyan kid, the restricted free agent, I don't know that he's the answer at tight end, but you know what? He's filled the role pretty well for them. Could use an upgrade. Um, Kevin King is a solid number two corner and need him to, to play and play well um, in that secondary that they've put so much emphasis on. So what are they – your need. Certainly we've talked about receiver, but but let's get into a couple of other areas. Off the ball linebacker, run defense, again, has been a problem. We talked about the defensive tackle. Linebacker is a big issue. Um, Christian Kirksey was released to open up cap space. you got Chris Barnes, Kamel Martin, and Oren Burks. It's just not, not good enough there. 29, they'd love. Anika Jamin Davis, uh, Owusu Koromora, um, second round of Jabril Cox, a Dylan Moses, a Chad Surratt. They've got they've got some options that they're going to have to take advantage of to me at linebacker at some point. Outside corner, we talked a little bit about kind of where they are. Kevin King is their number two guy. Um, Alexander's elite. So you've got something that you're working with. Um, I don't like the long-term option for Kevin King as the number two guy, and I think um, it really depends upon how they feel about Josh Jackson. He has to be the guy that I think can develop into that number two. He's been a backup, and I think that's what he is. If they're not as comfortable, certainly a Newsom or a Stokes at corner would make some sense. A Joseph would make some sense. Um, a slot corner, Trevin Moore would make a lot of sense. Uh, Asante Samuel, Aaron Robinson. I don't know. I don't think you should decide on this, but boy, they have, they have invested so much into the secondary that it's hard to believe them doing it, but they will, they will work their board and work their board. Well, receiver, what receiver of value is going to be there? Wouldn't Elijah Moore be there? Uh, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony. We just talked about Terrence Marshall. Top three are going to be gone. You put a guy with Devontae Adams, you put a a weapon, you know, you take a Green Bay team, and uh, it, it's you've got to be able to defend the run a little bit better defensively. Another weapon on offense, and we know this Packer team is just – they're good. They're going to be in the mix. they got to hit it right, but they need more ammunition. They need more juice. They need more gas to finish. They just haven't had it for some time. And finally, Minnesota. Um, they had the injuries last year, mainly Daniil Hunter that hurt them the most. But their set of edge defenders ranked fifth to last among the 32 teams in pass rush grades. Um, you know, uh, they bring back Stephen Weatherly, um, but the pass rush production is not good. Now, the one thing you look at and say, well, things will get better by being healthy. They've got 14, 19, 91, 121, 120, 126, 135, 144, 158, 169, 200, 224. Um, some needs 
more specifically going into this roster before we get into the free agents. Defensive tackle. Um, well, there was a stretch there where they were really good at defensive tackle. They could line up, and you say that Viking team, that defense can stack up, and that's it is. Um, it's just not there now. I mean, that, it was awful. Obviously, said twenty twenty. Um, now Michael Pierce is returning. Dalvin Tomlinson that can certainly help. Daniel Hunter comes back can help. Weatherly, we'll get into that in a second. Um, lost Riley Reef. Um, it's a problem. We'll address that. Ezra Cleveland had a nice rookie year, but they still need another guard. They traded for Mason Cole. Not sure it's the long-term answer. They're going to need another linebacker. Um, they signed Nick Vigil. I thought Anthony Harris regressed at safety last year. Um and you know, so that led to him. They're moving on from it moved on from him and he went to Philly. You know, so you look at the safety spot, and obviously they've got one of the elite safeties in the league in Harrison Smith, but the guy next to him has got to play better. Um they couldn't cover anyone last year with all the injuries. Patrick Peterson is not the Patrick Peterson that you know and love. He's thirty one declining. Shark Derm, stopgap measure. Hopefully he can get a good year out of them. That's what they what they hope. Um, and Mackenzie Alexander they've signed. So let's take a look. Dalvin Tomlinson, big-time run stuffer, can generate some push in the pass rush, going to need that to happen. Patrick Peterson, uh, let's see if they can, they can get a year or two out of him. That would be a positive. Xavier Woods, signed from the Cowboys. That was a one-year deal, $2.25 million. Decent starting safety. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job in coverage, missed too many tackles, but he's 26, room for improvement, so that's got to hit. We've got to always factor in. That's why we're doing this, to give you an idea what they did in free agency and what some of the value is and how it might mitigate some of the needs next week. Mackenzie Alexander at Cincinnati did a good job as, um, as their slot corner in the first year. And they're going to need production out of him. And that's going to make that needs in the secondary that I mentioned mitigated. Those are the needs. These are the guys that they sign. And I've given you a picture, painting a picture of kind of how they've signed it, what they've done. Harris didn't play well, as I mentioned. Um, Kyle Rudolph is a solid receiver and great blocker. But, you know, he's he's a declining player. Mentioned Harris is off the Philly. Reef is off to Cincinnati. Eric Wilson is off the Philly. Um, Igabino is off with the Giants. Um, Mike Boone is off to Denver. So let's take a look at it. Um, what their offensive tackle situation is and how things line up and where they might want to go. They've they've got no answer right now at left tackle. Um that is a prime need. And so you look at kind of where they are at 14. It certainly makes some sense that they want to go in that direction, but there'll be some good defensive options. So let's go through them here. Offensive tackle. Um, they've drafted a lot of guys. Um, Bradbury and O'Neal are, are really good starters. Ezra Cleveland, they hope is. Um then 
you know, I think they got three guys potentially that are quality starters. That leaves two other spots. I, I maybe a little um you know, consideration for Rashad Slater, maybe a little high for Darishaw. But I think that's a consideration at 14. Vera Tucker would be a consideration, the only one, in my opinion, at guard. Down the line, a Miners or a Trey Smith would make some sense in the third round. Deontay Brown, Aaron Banks as well. I think edge rusher is where we need to look at, folks, at um, 14. Daniil Hunter has to come back, come back and play well. I'm worried because of a neck injury is not any other injury. They were 28th in an adjusted sack rate last year, and that's a result of the injuries. But um, Hunter's locked up long-term. They need more from him. They need more around him, and they've got to get good pass rushers. So where do they go? Is it Jalen Phillips? Is it Greg Rousseau? Is it Quiddy Pay? Who do they have ranked there? Who do they think is value there? I think that would be the odds-on favorite in terms of value, what their board tells them relative to what their needs probably makes the most sense. We shall see. If not, you're dealing with a Ronnie Perkins, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones. I just think, you know, later on, Quincy Roche and Pete Werner and Ojibano, guys like that, third round. I think – Personally, that with their philosophy and with their head coach, they're going to look at it um, as the need to fix that defense. I mean, who wouldn't? But, I mean, you got a defensive coach that is going to be focused on that. That's of their needs, of their priority, that would be priority number one. Uh, and I, I think that's where also where value could be. So I think we need to watch that, and we need to maybe look at it as a, as a strong sign. I don't like, for example, I, I would say this. The edge rushers that I mentioned, they're a tucker or um, Slater on the offensive line, and I think that's – that's it. I, I don't I don't think there's great enough value anywhere else. You know, I guess you can throw in um a Michael Parsons. I mean I you could. I mean you, you could do that. But we'll see. We'll see. Pass rush is gonna be the focus. I think safety's another need. Um you know, we mentioned Anthony Harris played on the franchise tag. Signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. Xavier Woods is, I think they feel enough of an answer. There's not an option at 14. You know, uh, second round, uh, third round rather, um, I, I think Cisco, Caden Stearns, I think Richie Grant's probably gone to Darius Washington, DeMar Hamlin, Richard LeCount, kind of third, fourth-round options. I think those are, are areas um, down the road. But that's kind of how I see Minnesota, and that's how I see the NFC North. Uh, the pack or the one team that can be competitive and potentially do damage into the playoffs if they're able to fill in some pieces on defense and get another playmaker on offense. But it's primarily the defense. The Bears, um, not there. The Vikings are not there, and the Lions are certainly not there. 
So, um, but we don't want to be in that situation if you're one of those teams saying that again next year. So they've got to figure it out. Uh, a reminder again, uh, we appreciate you joining us. I appreciate Kev and Fantasy Football 101. Little little light in the chat room today. I guess it's Friday. I guess people got other things that they're doing. I get that, getting an early start on the weekend. We appreciate you folks that are listening. We certainly appreciate Kev um, and uh, Fantasy Football joining us. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, we will do NFC South on Monday. Be prepared for that. And then NFC West on Tuesday. And then, um, you know, we'll get you ready. And then, you know, I think what we're going to do on um, Thursday and Friday, since the shows are, we're going to be starting the draft shows that day, we probably won't do the hour and then break and then come back. We'll probably just do that. So we will do, we'll do shows um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then obviously do the long shows Thursday, Friday, and then, of course, Saturday draft. So, reminder to everyone, um, spread the word about what we're doing here. The show's next week, um, the draft shows, LandryFootball.com. You can get all the detailed scouting reports on all these players, all the horizontal boards, the vertical boards, the uh, inside the draft room, each and every team analyzed. We've got it for you over at LandryFootball.com. So, take advantage of it. If you missed it, the Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown Jr. today. Essentially, this is what you need to know. They gave up their first-round pick, which is 31st, and their fourth-round pick next year for him. Oh, there were other details. The Chiefs also traded their third-round pick but got the Ravens' second-round pick. The Chiefs also gave up their fourth and fifth-round picks next year but got the Ravens' sixth-round pick next year. So the – Loss uh, gain factor was Baltimore gaining two picks, the 31st in this year's draft and a um, fourth-round pick in 2022. That's what the Ravens got. Now the Ravens have 27 and 31. They give up 58, but again, by moving – to 31, they gave up their two um, to Kansas City, gave up their three to move up. So uh, it's basically if you knock it down and clear it out, it's the 31st overall pick and a fourth-round pick in 2022. Um, and so I think that there's, uh, there's a, a reason to believe optimistic for both teams. Baltimore gets more picks. They've got a longer way to go. They're a bit more of a rebuild situation. Kansas City's got a plug-and-play offensive tackle. They'll line up with Orlando Brown at left tackle, Joe Thune at left guard, Arston Blythe at center, Kyle Long they hope at right guard. They've got uh, Levant uh, Tardif coming back as a potential starting interior offensive lineman. Kyle Long has not been able to stay healthy. And then Mike Rimmers at right tackle. So they have completely rebuilt <clears> – <throat> excuse me – rebuilt their offensive line uh, with a completely different look from last year. So um, they are they are understanding the importance of it. And I wouldn't rule out at some point, um, and maybe even early, them trying to even add another younger guy there um, to the mix. But the bottom line, they made the move because – and it, see, 
people have asked me earlier today, well, why would they make that move now? Why wouldn't they do it during the draft? Um, it's a little bit more detailed and complicated, so getting it done now helps. Here's why. Um, the Chiefs decided whoever they could get at 31, and they don't see that the top tackle that they like they don't see a starting left tackle right away out of this draft for them. They see someone who can be a starting tackle, perhaps, but not right away. So they needed to fix that and fix it now with a veteran. Orlando Brown's not an ideal fit for others um, because of his age, but still has um, some good play on a team that's contending. So makes sense to me all the way around. Hey, appreciate uh, you, Kev. Appreciate your fantasy football uh, 101 and all of you out there that maybe didn't participate but are listening. We will talk to you on Monday. Keep it to LandryFootball.com all the weekend uh, long as we'll keep you up to date with the notebooks and everything going on, college and pro football. Got a lot of transfer news, recruiting news in college up there as well. Uh, and we've got more news, notes, rumors gathering from meetings and and discussing with folks around the league. So it will be a busy weekend. A lot of people will be on the phone all weekend. I will be busy with that, and we'll provide you that on LandryFootball.com. Another reason why you need to be a member, take advantage of the scouting season offer right now over at Landry Football. We'll talk to you on Monday afternoon, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.